0: This is the New Jersey Globe Power Hour on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Here's the Globe's editor-in-chief, David Wildstein. Good afternoon,
1: everybody. Uh, I hope everyone's having a relaxing and a safe Memorial Day weekend. and and. On behalf of a grateful nation, all of us honor the heroes who have given the greatest sacrifice for our freedom. We're the, the home of the free because of the brave, and I, I thank the men and women of the military for all they do. I'll be joined today by the chairman of the Senate Military and Veterans Affairs Committee, Senator Vin Gopal of Monmouth County, at 420. Senator Gopalza rising star in New Jersey politics. I, I think he might be governor someday. And we're going to talk about the upcoming primary election, about some state issues, and you won't want to miss what he has to say. And, and today, for the first time, we'll have a, a surprise guest. I think you're going to like the interview, so please don't go away. You're, you're going to want to hear this. We are just 10 days away from the New Jersey primary election where Republicans will nominate a candidate to take on governor Phil Murphy in the fall. Uh, I thought this race was over in January. I I viewed Jack Cittarelli as the presumptive candidate. I I still think he wins, but a new poll indicates that this race is closer than people like me expected. Uh, That poll was released this week by the public Policy polling firm uh, this week uh, it showed Jack Chudarelli with a six point lead, twenty nine percent to twenty three percent over Hershing. And, and to be clear, PPP is a it's a Democratic polling firm, but it's a highly rated firm. So I have I have confidence in these numbers. Uh, two other candidates are still in the single digits. Phil Rizzo, Hudson County pastor, is at eight percent, and former Franklin Township Mayor Brian Levine is at. 2%. Now, get this. 38% of likely Republican primary voters are still undecided. That is a big number, especially with with lots of votes already cast through vote by mail ballots. And this poll offers a legitimate picture of what New Jersey Republicans believe today and and I'll tell you this it's it's not the party of Clifford Case and Tom Kane Sr. and Christine Todd Whitman anymore. Uh, among Republicans who are likely to vote in the June 8th primary in New Jersey, uh, former President Donald Trump has favorables of 87 uh, percent. Among Republicans, just 8 percent view him unfavorably. And the pollster asked this question. And I'm going to read it exactly because words matter. Would you prefer the Republican nominee for governor in the general election to embrace Donald Trump's agenda or would you rather them appeal to New Jersey's diverse electorate? And 81 percent of primary voting Republicans say they'd rather the candidates support Trump's agenda. Seventy one percent of Republicans Think that Joe Biden is not the legitimate winner of the presidential election. Sixty-nine percent of Republicans think COVID was overblown by liberals just to undermine uh, Donald Trump, and and seventy-three percent of Republicans think that the events at the U.S. Capitol on January six were uh, a false flag operation run by Antifa. Now. Chidorelli's conservative. I, I'd call him right of center, not necessarily halfway between the two. Probably a little closer to the right than to the center. But in two thousand sixteen, he was he was fervent in his opposition to Donald Trump being the nominee. Uh, in twenty twenty, he endorsed the president, and, and he said in a recent debate that he liked Trump's policies. Hirsch Singh has wrapped himself in Donald Trump, and. Given what these polling numbers show, that m- might be the right place to be. Uh, it's, it's still hard for me to believe that Singh could be the nominee just, he's just cause he's got no, he's not got a compelling life story. He's 36. He, he lives at home with his parents. He's never run a business. He's never met a Made a payroll. He's he's never had any real responsibility to run anything, and and this is his fifth bid for public office in four years, and and he's never made it past the primary. But Singh's father's wealthy, and and well, here he is. And I mean, it's it, it's like Peter Pan's running for governor, and. And in this sort of bizarro world we live in these days, it's not inconceivable that he wins. This is David Wildston, the editor of the New Jersey Globe. I am talking about the race for governor of New Jersey and and the race may not be as close as it appears. Uh, Jack, I want to tell you why. Jack Cittarelli has the endorsements of, of all 21 Republican County organizations, and, and with that, it's something we in Jersey call the line, and, and simply put, the organization endorsements come with preferential ballot placement. It's, it's hard to quantify how many points that's worth, but... But historically, all of us in Jersey have seen the value. Uh, this week, Chitarelli and Singh met for the first and only debate. Uh, they were the only candidates who qualified uh, in, a, in what was the only sanctioned debate by the New Jersey Election Law Enforcement Commission. It's, it's, it's complicated. Cittarelli was was the only candidate to receive matching funds, so he's legally obligated to participate in the debate. Singh got in the debate because he's a self funder or at least his father is funding him. Uh, and the winner of the debate, no question about it to me, the winner of the debate was Melinda Chitterelli, the candidate's wife. And here's why. Singh's campaign manager is he's a shady guy. His name is King Penna. And Penna and his videographer ambushed Mrs. Chittarelli at the radio station while she was watching her husband debate. And she, uh, this guy, Pena, started trashing her children, one of whom serves in the U.S. Army. Now, Melinda Chittarelli, she is authentic Jersey. And she went right back at Singh's campaign manager. I guess when Mama Bear Chidarelli hears someone attack the family, you better watch out. And I think she handled it perfectly. And and Penna, and he's got a, a bit of a shadowy history, his, his behavior was unacceptable. And, and and I should be very clear about this. It is never, ever okay to involve people's families in political campaigns. No family attacks from other candidates, most definitely not the bottom feeders in the media. They should stay away. Families are off limits. And, and as, as some people say in New Jersey, that's it, period, full stop. Uh, and, and one last thing Gannett the the newspaper chain that owns ten daily newspapers in New Jersey they didn't even bother to cover the Republican debate and uh, all they had to do was turn on their radio for an hour and listen to two people who want to be governor explain why they want to be governor but they didn't bother I, I don't know why I'm surprised I mean these newspapers are in a downward spiral their print circulations down more than seventy percent it's it 's a little sad uh, it just one of their own reporters said during a, a bid to unionize, they're just a shell of of their former selves. So uh not covering a debate, though, that's that's just inexcusable to me. Uh, they veered so far. Off their promise of local news coverage, it, to me, it's no wonder why Gannett lost hundred and forty-two million dollars during the the first three months of this year. Uh, this is David Wildstein. I'm the editor of the New Jersey Globe. You are listening to the New Jersey Globe Power Hour on Talk Radio 77 WABC. And there is a story that has been bugging me all week. It's it's about a little bit of an insider story, but but I'll give you the context. Governor Murphy's nominee for commissioner of education. Her name is Angelica Allen. McMillan and apparently she can't name her own state senator and I spoke to Dr. Allen McMillan personally then to her staff uh, because she doesn't want to answer questions directly and all I got was a run around and then I, I got a written statement that was extraordinary double talk uh, no answer about when she learned the name of her senator and that's important uh, because to get confirmed as a member of the governor's cabinet, you have to go before the Senate. Uh, The State Department of Education requires fourth graders in public schools to learn about state and local government. One of the things the department, the department that Dr. Alan McMillan is running now, requires fourth graders to know the names of certain people, including their state senator. They don't need to know all 40, but they need to know their own, and I don't think it's Unreasonable to expect the Commissioner of Education to hold herself to the same standards she requires of fourth graders and 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 I think it's fair that the Commissioner of Education at least understand government at a at a fourth grade level and and when we speak about voter responsibility civic responsibility uh i i saw something that that you know i'm I'm sure some other people in trenton might be disturbed about and that is she's she's never voted for phil murphy she missed the 27 prime 17 primary she missed the general election uh but here's the part that genuinely concerns me uh we're at a point where we need public officials to accept responsibility for their actions. We need people to speak with candor. And and so it's a legitimate concern that Dr. Alan McMillan appears to lack the capacity to accept responsibility, to just own a mistake, even a small one, like not knowing who her senator is. It's not a huge deal. It's not going to stop her being confirmed, but, but maybe Dr. Alan McMillan's refusal to just say she got it wrong is an indication of a greater fault Uh, coming up Vin Gopal, Senate Majority Conference Leader, one of the rising stars in New Jersey politics, will join me to talk about the upcoming primaries, some issues facing New Jersey. And then I have a surprise guest coming up later, and I don't think you're going to want to miss the interview. At least I hope you won't, so please stay around. This is David Wildstein. I'm the editor of the New Jersey Globe, and you're listening to the New Jersey Globe Power Hour on Talk Radio 77 WABC.
2: ABC. When it comes to autism, finding the right words can be tough. Finding community in these challenging times doesn't have to be. Join us, even virtually, to move together towards a kinder world for the millions of people on the autism spectrum. Find out how at autismspeaks.org slash together following
3: is a paid political announcement
0: last year phil murphy gave us the biggest property tax increase in a decade during a pandemic i'm jack Chidarelli, republican candidate for governor i've built two businesses here in new jersey creating jobs opportunity and community this is where my wife melinda and i raised our four children new jersey's my home and yours but sadly new jersey's broken it's broken because of phil murphy's failed leadership and he just continues to make things worse Leaving thousands of veterans and seniors dead in nursing homes because of his devastating COVID policies. Destroying our small businesses with his extended lockdowns. Raising our taxes while adding billions in new spending. He even said, if taxes are your issue, then New Jersey's probably not your state. you got to be kidding me. Who says that?
1: Taxes are our issue. And Phil Murphy shouldn't be our governor.
4: New Jersey can do better. With Republican Jack Chidarelli as governor, we will. Paid for by Chitterelli for Governor, Inc. P.O. Box 427, Somerville, New Jersey.
3: The pandemic of 2020 felt like a dark tunnel. And while 2020 is over, the impact is not. I'm New Jersey's former governor, Richard Cody. The pandemic affected our physical and mental health. My wife, Mary Jo, and I started the Cody Fund for Mental Health to Change Lives.
4: Mental health issues can impact any family, including ours. That's why we want everyone to know about NJ211.
3: NJ211 is an information and referral service connecting anyone in crisis to the help they need. It's for everyone, veterans, seniors, even children.
4: I'm living proof there's light at the end of the tunnel.
3: And it's not a train, it's help. It's NJ211. Remember, it's okay not to feel okay. If you need help, go to nj211.org or dial 211.
0: WABC The New Jersey Globe Power Hour is on. Talk Radio 77 WABC.
1: Welcome back. It's David Wildstein. I'm the editor of the New Jersey Globe. Vin Gopal is serving his first term in the New Jersey Senate. He represents part of Monmouth County. Uh Senator, thanks for coming on today. David, thanks for having me. It is always a pleasure to speak with you. You're you're the chairman of the Senate Veterans and Military Affairs Committee. This is Memorial Day weekend. This week, Wallet Hub released the rankings of the best and worst states for military retirees to live. New Jersey was ranked thirty second out of fifty. What's what's going on there?
5: You know, that was a uh, very eye opening and uh, at same time disturbing report. I saw my, my colleague, Senator Bruco, commented on it. And this, you know, we're really going to take a look at this report at, at our next Senate Military and Veterans Affairs Committee. There's so much we need to do that we know, but uh, this report helps as it relates to housing, as it replace, uh, goes towards jobs for health care for so many for our veterans, especially for veteran owned businesses. So there's a lot we need to do. we got to get that rating a lot higher and make sure retirees
1: feel comfortable here in New Jersey. And COVID, as as you know, claimed the lives of of more than 200 residents of of state-run veterans' homes last year. You were one of the harshest critics of how those veterans' homes were being run. Are, Are you satisfied with the steps that have been taken so far to fix them?
5: Um, I, I don't know about the word satisfied, but I've had really good res- responsive conversations with Colonel Howe, who's the new uh, adjunct general who lives in, uh, lives in Monmouth County. And, uh, the communication has improved dramatically in the last three, four months. I wish this was the communication that was there back in March and April. It wasn't. Uh, Demava has made changes, significant ones. Um but communication is, is still an ongoing, uh, ongoing issue uh, as far as making sure residents know uh, and their family members have all of the information that's going on in those homes
1: and I'm speaking with Senator Vin Gopal yesterday you joined Governor Murphy uh, Congressman Frank Pallone Uh, you were in Asbury Park you launched the shots at the shore vaccination program for for Memorial Day weekend can you explain what that program is
5: yeah, there are more programs that the state is doing uh, at the shoreline, uh, at, at different beaches, Sandy Hook, uh, down in Point Pleasant, and uh, Asbury Park, uh, along with the V&A uh, and their CEO, Chris Rand, who's doing an outstanding job in uh, making sure that uh, there are more opportunities for folks to get vaccinated. Uh, when we think about, David, the last 14 months of what we've all collectively gone through, we're finally at a place now. Where we can comfortably go uh, with without masks and vaccines have played a big role, and especially on this Memorial Day weekend, when we think back to March and April, when many of us were, you know, w- wiping down our, our packages of fear of a virus that we had no idea what it is. Our incredible. National Guard veterans, our, our police officers, our nurses, they were facing this virus, you know, double, triple masking, make, creating their own masks when we had a mask shortage uh, and not knowing what they were going to bring home to their families. So I think um, this weekend really, not just what the governor announced on Friday, but the fact that it's Memorial Day weekend uh, and, and we think about our veterans uh, uh, who, who and their family members who've sacrificed them uh, on behalf of our country. Uh, we think about the incredible sacrifice they made uh, just a year ago, when many of us were were essentially scared, sitting at home, not knowing what to do. Uh, they were out
1: on the front lines for us. And, and Senator, you represent a district that's on the Jersey Shore. I think it goes, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, like Land, Long Branch down to Neptune. And and the Jersey Shore took a big hit economically last summer during the, the COVID shutdown. What's what's the progress for the comeback this year? I mean, notwithstanding today's weather, what's the what's the prog- what's the prognosis for uh, for a great year at the Jersey Shore this year? It's looking good. You know, we still have
5: a significant challenge with federal unemployment. Uh, I know there are still some families that need to to get unemployment, but that's supplemental especially for that restaurant at the shore uh, that might be hiring that 17- you know, or 16-year-old kid who, who lives in Rumson or, or somewhere in a wealthier area of Monmouth County versus a kid in Newark. That, that's a challenge because that kid can literally, instead of working at the restaurant, make more money sitting at home right now. So I think there needs to be some more comprehensive conversations between state and federal government. That's, that's the biggest hindrance right now at the shore is workforce. There's not enough people that are willing to come back and go to work.
1: Is there a solution to that?
5: Solution is trying to revise the, the federal unemployment. And, you know, we've, we've spoken to the governor and our federal delegation uh, really to make sure that these unemployment benefits, the supplemental is going to those who truly need it. Um, and, and that's going to be the biggest hindrance. But I think we're going to get by that. And I think, you know, we're going to have a great short. People are excited to uh, I'm sorry, a great summer.
1: People are excited to come out and, and, and to celebrate and, and bring some normalcy back. And I am speaking with Senator Vin Gopal, one of the rising stars of the New Jersey legislature. You and I have spoken in the past about a, a racist political mailer in Edison in 2017. It, it sought to, to drive a wedge between Asian American voters. Uh, this week, there was another racist mailer in Edison again, New Jersey's fifth largest municipality. And it, it appears to it try to pit... Indian American voters against the the Muslim Pakistani community are are racist tactics like this going to fool voters in a in a competitive primary? You know, unfortunately, I think they do. But I'm I'm just so
5: disappointed, David, to see this. Um, disappointed as an as an Indian American, uh, and the fact that that the the political camp that's being accused is hasn't taken a strong position. Uh, to distance themselves from this this mailer you know traditionally uh, there have been challenges between india and pakistan and obviously you have indian americans here and pakistani americans here with strong feelings um and and you know we have to work hard to not play to people's emotions play to their fears and unfortunately what that mailer did is it tries to bring the worst out in people and it's so dangerous it's so unhealthy and i'm just so disappointed that, that that to see that happen and and really how quiet it's been after and in in, 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 uh, in, in, uh, in uh,
1: Mr. Bagia not not uh, disavowing that that was disappointing and and I should also point out the guy who paid for this mailer and he he admitted it to me is a a former republican councilman from Bergen County who who says he's a mahash Baji as supporter, so so it's it's hard to it's hard to think i'd like to know the truth too but it's hard to think that that wasn't a deliberate tactic that that wasn't just somebody got their signals crossed
5: yeah whether it was deliberate or not which looks like it was i would have liked to see the candidate who's who's being associated come out and disavowed immediately and saying he's got nothing to do with that uh look i represent monmouth county uh and uh, I don't represent Edison, uh, but obviously be, being the first and only Indian American senator in New Jersey, I get a lot of south asians all over the state who reach out to our office for different issues so we focus on on what's what's going on there uh, as we do everywhere and I, I would have just liked to see an immediate disavowal of that mailer because any time when we try whether it's you know we've seen this in, in 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 the jewish community where we've seen anti-semitic mailers we've seen this in other places where people try to play to fears right it's one thing to say hey, you know, uh, so-and-so is Indian American and, and he believes in Indian American values. That's not what this was. This was trying to play to people's fears to try to get them to do something
1: disingenuous. And I think that's what's so troubling. And I'm speaking with Senator Vin Gopal. Be- before you were in the Senate, you were a county chairman. Before that, you worked on political campaigns. So so putting on your old hat, uh, how do you handicap the Republican gubernatorial primary right now? <clears throat>
5: I think, uh, you know, Jack Cittarelli, who I've met a couple of times, is really running a, a not a good campaign. Um, I, I don't see how he's distinguishing himself. Um, at the same time, he's 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 got some challenges. and I don't think he's done a good job with those challenges where he's got to play to this element we've seen in, in recent polling of these hardcore Trump supporters who don't believe Biden legitimately won. Uh, who don't believe, uh, you know, in, in, in that COVID is real. We've seen the polling, and he's got that hardcore loud group that he needs to figure out how to appease them, but at the same time, play to those moderate voters who may not be, uh, overall all happy with the Democratic Party nationally or in the state. And that is a challenge, but I, he, I've seen past Republicans who've done it more effectively. I think back to 2009. Uh, which you remember well when Chris Christie was running. He was just, uh, for first, uh, you know, I couldn't stand any of his policies or his rhetoric, but uh, he ran a very effective campaign against John Corzine Island. he was able to play in the primary against Lonigan. He was able to get enough conservatives. He was able to get them back. Obviously, the environment and climate has changed. We didn't have Trump then, but we could have some elements. We had the Tea Party growing and we had some things. And I just haven't seen Chirilli that effective. With that said, I think he's going to narrowly win, but narrowly win is not a good sign for him in November. Could, could
1: Hersing win this primary? Do you think? I mean, as as a Democrat watching from the outside, uh,
5: I, I don't. I, I don't know.
1: I can tell you, I, I I've
5: seen uh, some of the folks that are Singh supporters, and they're very enthusiastic and loud. But then again, you know, Donald Trump had some very loud, enthusiastic supporters in New Jersey, and. And while, you know, this is a primary and general is different, he still, you know, got got crushed in the general election in New Jersey. Um, there are a lot of New Jersey Republicans who I believe live in, in areas like in my district and in, in Creole Township, Colts Neck, and outside and in, in Rumson and Little Silver and Fairhaven, towns that uh, Joe Biden did very well or won in, uh, but still vote Republican. I, I wonder if those moderate Republicans, if there's
1: enough of them, or if that Trump wing has taken a clear 50%. And this is not, you know, the old Monmouth County anymore. This isn't, you know, people like like Senator Joe Crillos or Al Bettelsten or Marie Mueller. It it seems like that wing of the Republican Party in Monmouth County, that moderate wing, is just isn't there anymore. There, yeah. And even I think even if they feel moderate, they're they're all nervous
5: because of the primary. Um, and by all means, my party goes through the same challenge all the time. And uh, but the big difference here is. There's some dangerous rhetoric coming out of the Republican Party to legitimately question a election that was has gone to the Supreme Court, gone to the courts multiple times by Trump appointees and still been shot down uh, and to still question those elections. And for that last uh, mammoth poll to show that uh, an overwhelming number of Republicans don't believe that Joe Biden was legitimately elected is, is so troubling and a little bit, a little bit uh, frightening
1: so I want to ask one more question before we go to the break. And you have graciously agreed to stay on. So so, Senator, 15 years ago, and, and you were you were about 21 years old, you you started a political news site called Jersey Politics. It, it tried to compete with me. It tried to compete with Steve Cornacki, who was my political reporter that that didn't go well. I mean, that's that's fair to say, right? You're that, that didn't go well.
5: well. Well, I think it was going very well. I was just—I <laughs> was nervous about,
1: you know. I, I wanted you to do well, so I didn't want to, you know, outshine you. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. So, so how about this? When we get back from a short break, we're gonna—we're gonna switch roles, okay? You're going to host that segment, and you're going to v- interview me. I, I alluded to a, a surprise guest. That guest is going to be me. You're going to host, and and we have not discussed any specific questions. So anything's on the table. That's okay. That sounds great. And this that, is like my official Jersey politics dream. Since I lasted three minutes <laughs> in that industry, I can get it back here. That, that sounds good. This is David Wildson in the editor of New Jersey Globe. Coming up, Senator Vin Gopal will interview me on the New Jersey Globe Power Hour on Talk Radio 77 WABC. So please don't go away.
2: WABC.
3: The pandemic of 2020 felt like a dark tunnel. And while 2020 is over, the impact is not. I'm New Jersey's former governor, Richard Cody. The pandemic affected our physical and mental health. My wife, Mary Jo, and I started the Cody Fund for Mental Health to Change Lives.
4: Mental health issues can impact any family, including ours. That's why we want everyone to know about NJ211.
3: NJ211 is an information and referral service connecting anyone in crisis to the help they need. It's for everyone, veterans, seniors, even children.
4: I'm living proof there's light at the end of the tunnel.
3: And it's not a train, it's help. It's NJ211. Remember, it's okay not to feel okay. If you need help, go to nj211.org or dial 211. The following is a paid
0: political announcement. Who is Hirsch Singh? Can we trust anything he says? Singh claims to be pro Trump but publicly supported Barack Obama. He says he's a successful businessman, but records show he still lives with his parents paying zero in property taxes. Worse, Singh is bankrolled by the same major donor who funded liberals like Hillary Clinton and even Phil Murphy. That's deceptive. That's dishonest. That's her Singh. Republicans need a leader who can beat Phil Murphy. That leader is Jack Chedarelli. Jack will cut taxes, end the Murphy lockdowns, reopen our schools, defend life, and protect our freedoms. For decades, the liberal special interests have crushed New Jersey's working families, and it's only gotten worse under Phil Murphy. Jack Chedarelli is the conservative leader who can take them on, and the only Republican who can win in November. Because Jack knows New Jersey can do better, and when he's governor, we will.
4: Paid for by Chittarelli for Governor in P.O. Box 427, Somerville, New Jersey.
2: When it comes to autism, finding the right words can be tough. Finding community in these challenging times doesn't have to be. Join us, even virtually, to move together towards a kinder world for the millions of people on the autism spectrum. Find out how at org slash together.
0: WABC. It's the New Jersey Globe Power Hour on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Here's the Globe's editor-in-chief, David Wildstein.
1: So, welcome back, everybody. I'm now going to turn the microphone over to senator vin gopal he is uh the former editor of jersey politics and he's going to interview me here on the new jersey globe power hour Uh, david thank you for the
5: opportunity and again i have not told any of these questions to you i'm going to give you uh a couple ones that are intriguing and and look you've been uh pretty fascinating character in politics. Originally as Wally Edge, the person that everyone had trouble guessing. A lot of people wanted to imitate. Myself uh, especially. I, I, I think I failed. I was outed in like a day. Um, but you kept it going on for many years. So first question is, what is the, the earliest memory that you have that told you that you wanted to spend, like the, the, the moment you knew that you wanted to spend your life dedicated to being involved in as an elected, covering,
1: reporting everything, but you knew you want to be in New Jersey politics. You know, I I remember getting hooked in 1968. I was like seven years old, and I I was watching election coverage of of Richard Nixon and and Hubert Humphrey. But it, it really happened. I was I was 12, and I met uh, I, I had. Uh, uh, the, I was fortunate enough that uh, former Governor Tom Kane, then the Speaker of the State Assembly, lived across the street from me, and I, I worked on his campaign, uh, handing out literature at the Livingston Shoprite. And there I met a man named Jim walworth just an extraordinary, extraordinary man. He was uh, a state senator, and uh, uh, I was I was hooked, and and he hired me. Uh, after that campaign, for a hundred dollars a year to work on his Senate staff, and, and I've been I've been doing politics ever since.
5: And never looked back. And you went to high school with Chris Christie, right? Uh,
1: I did. I remember him from high school. I don't know that he, he says he doesn't remember me, but
5: did you uh,
1: did you think he would be governor someday? No, no, I didn't. Did you think he'd be a successful elected official? You know, I never really thought about it. He, you know, I was the political junkie. And, and, and I have, uh, I've told this story before, but I took Chris Christie to his first political rally. It was may of 1977 it was doing during the gubernatorial primary you know, you know christy tells this story of how his mother drove him over to tom kane's house and he he walked up to the house and he rang the doorbell and he said to uh uh, uh tom kane you know my name is chris Christen, and i'd like to volunteer on your campaign and and it's a great story and it's a true story but the the part that he left out was that the Kane campaign gave me Christie's name and left it up to me to get him involved? So we, we went down to Trenton together that day we, we, uh, and we campaigned for Tom Kane. Wow. So
5: did you think when he was running in the 90s as county freeholder, and everything else, he was going to
1: eventually keep rising?
5: I did. I actually. I would hear of him 10 years later.
1: Yeah, no, no. Actually, by that point, and, and I was living in Morris County, too, and I followed his campaign and uh, uh, I saw something there. I saw I saw uh, some some tremendous talent. And, uh, you know, as people as people know, at the, at the time, I was uh, I was a Christie fan. Do you see I mean,
5: look, we all look now at Chris Christie and it's, it's a fascinating eight years he had. Uh, obviously, uh, Bridgegate and and, uh, failed presidential campaign, but also those first three years where he was politically successful. But we've now, as we look back at at the eight years, we've seen some really bad character traits in Christie that probably could have done him in when he was U.S. attorney, but he was able to get around it. Coupled with all his strengths, all his talents, all his abilities, he definitely had some character flaws. Did you see any of them
1: back in in the 90s or 80s? You know, it's a, it's a great question and... And I'll tell you one, one quick story. Is I remember, uh, so Christie was playing baseball at Livingston High School. I was uh, uh, I was the nerdy statistician. I was the manager for the team. And I remember one day that Christie was a catcher, uh, but in this particular game, he was playing first base. And there was a foul ball hit, and he ran out to catch it. You know, this was a, this was a high school field. It wasn't a big stadium. So there was this one section of bleachers, and there were these two moms sitting on the second. The second row, and he went to catch the ball, and he knocked them both over. And I remember him helping them up, but he never said he was sorry. and And I didn't think much of it at the time, but but as I've thought about it over the years, yeah, that was a that was a character trait, and you know, both good and bad. His job was to catch the ball. His job wasn't to do anything else. So he was he was doing his job. He had his you know, he had his sights set on that, but he didn't really care, you know, literally who he knocked over in the process. And and maybe maybe in retrospect, that was a problem.
5: Do you think the Chris Christie political story is done or do you think we see him back in elected office one way or the other?
1: Well, you know, I don't know about elective office because we, we saw these, uh, these polls recently. I mean, the, the poll we were talking about earlier of, of likely Republican primary voters, uh, Christie's upside down, favorables to unfavorables. And, and the Monmouth poll that came out two weeks ago, 70 percent of New Jersey uh, didn't think he'd be a good president of the United States. But that doesn't mean he won't run. And, you know, this is politics. So anything can happen. Who knows? Talking about
5: that uh, poll, or, or might have been a, a similar poll, I know. So it was 40 years this year, Tom Kane was elected governor of New Jersey, and he, uh, 32 years this year, he, he left. 32 years later, and he still polls the highest of any of the governors since then. What do you attribute that to? What do you think, why do you think, having been involved in the 80s and, and, and every covering or involved in every governor since then, why was
1: Tom Kane, and it is to this day, remembered and, and still so well-liked you know it's probably a better question for patrick murray than for me but i'll 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 take a guess and that is uh so he is the he was the two-term governor of that group so new jersey had its longest exposure and and Governor Cain remained in the public eye after he left office. He was president of Drew University for a decade, and and he was the uh, chairman of the 9/11 Commission. So that that you know as recently as 2002, 2003, 2004, put him very much in the national public view as the as the man who investigated the circumstances that led to the terrorist attack. So I would imagine part of that, uh, and part of it's just that he's. he's he's. He's a good guy. He's a good man. And people remember good people running for office.
5: So looking back at uh, at the years of when you were uh, a Christie person, if that's if that's the right word choice from that 2009 to uh, 2011, 12 period, I'm sure like anyone like I've got tons of Republican legislators operatives who I really respect like they're trying to destroy me but I respect them because I know what they're trying to do I know how they're trying to go about it uh and I see you know I'll give you an example like Chris Russell I think is a good is a good media consultant when he's on the other side I know it's going to be a good race when you were there who did you see on the Democratic side whether legislator operative uh who you were like this this is going to be a problem. I got to take this a little bit more seriously. Or, folks in, in your camp,
1: at the Christie camp. Well, you know, you, you you look at some of the people there that you took very seriously. Maggie Moran, for example, uh, she was she was an extraordinary operative, and she ran John Corzine's campaign, and 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 he came close because of Matt, to winning because of Maggie Moran. He didn't uh, he didn't lose because of her. She is she is very good. I think she's somebody that that Republicans took very seriously i mean you 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 can't have a conversation about top democratic strategists in the state without you know starting with michael Mueller, who has he's won more assembly races in new jersey than i think anybody ever has in the history of the state so you you had some some very serious people that that uh, uh that i i think republicans watch very carefully
5: I've seen you on on your show and writing you've you've obviously you know been very praiseworthy as far as the political talent ability of Senator Loretta Weinberg was she tough on you back then and did you ever take it personally <laughs>
1: well you know it, it, I don't think there was anybody tougher on me than Loretta Weinberg during uh during bridgegate but but i'll tell you what i what you know what I've said to other people including senator weinberg is is she never said anything that wasn't true. She never hit below the belt. You know, she was uh, she was she was right. So uh, I can't I can't hold that against her. I I, I have come to really respect and, and admire her, and uh, uh, and her style was you know was completely appropriate.
5: Was there a Democrat during that prior to Bridgegate during that early time that really got under Christie's skin? Was there somebody, maybe Senator Weinberg, maybe somebody else, somebody that would just he couldn't he couldn't handle maybe because that person outplayed him once in a while or maybe he just couldn't deal with the person?
1: Well, I think I think there were a lot of Democrats that got under Christie's skin. Uh, you know, Senator Weinberg. I mean, this is this is something I look back now. And I mean, look, it's, whether you're a Democrat or Republican, it's, it's appalling when a when a governor says he's going to take a baseball bat to, to somebody. Uh, John Wisniewski got under his skin all the time and that was just that was just somebody he he could not develop a relationship with and uh and 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 he was smart so i think that that got to Christie too because he couldn't make a deal with him
5: Mm. um looking back um two legislators i think of that were just were incredible uh legislators joe Carillos and diane allen both um Ran for higher office, not successful. But both had a pretty incredible career. Is there another legislator you can think of who you thought should have gotten more credit? Whether it was in the eighties and nineties, last decade when they left, that they did a lot of great things. They probably should have gotten to higher office, but they didn't because of bad luck or redistricting or, or anything like that. Um, is there someone else you can think of? Well, I, you know, that I, we don't usually that we don't <laughs> usually talk. We talk about the Kevin tools. We talk about the regular people. Is there someone else that? Folks don't really
1: know about. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I, I look at I look at my friend Bob Franks, and and I think that I think you know he had eight great years in Congress and uh, thirteen years in the in the legislature, uh, and 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 I personally was disappointed that he didn't go to the U.S. Senate that he never became governor. I you know I I I think the state lost a lot from that. And you and you look at other people that you know Bill Gormley, for example, uh, tremendous career, one of the most powerful legislators to ever serve in Trenton, but but he he wasn't able to win Republican primaries for Congress or or for governor or for the U.S. Senate. And that's uh, you know, that may have been entirely different. And and uh, let's make this only because we're going to stay on for the show. But but I know we're 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 running out of time for the segment. So one more question and I'll answer quickly and then we'll go to break and come back. Well,
5: OK, I'd love to do
1: it's It's four or five. One word. Rapid, rapid uh, answer. You ready? Okay. How about if we do this? How about if we do – let's do that when we come back because we're, we're due for a break and you and I will be on until the end of the show. Sounds good. Okay. This is David Wildstein. You're listening to the New Jersey Globe Power Hour on Talk Radio 77 WABC.
3: WABC. The following is a paid political announcement.
0: Who is Hirsch Singh? Can we trust anything he says? Singh claims to be pro-Trump, but publicly supported Barack Obama. He says he's a successful businessman, but records show he still lives with his parents, paying zero in property taxes. Worse, Singh is bankrolled by the same major donor who funded liberals like Hillary Clinton and even Phil Murphy. That's deceptive. That's dishonest. That's Hirsch Singh. Republicans need a leader who can beat Phil Murphy. That leader is Jack Cedarelli. Jack will cut taxes, end the Murphy lockdowns, reopen our schools, defend life, and protect our freedoms. For decades, the liberal special interests have crushed New Jersey's working families, and it's only gotten worse under Phil Murphy. Jack Cedarelli is the conservative leader who can take them on, and the only Republican who can win in November. Because Jack knows New Jersey can do better. And when he's governor, we will.
4: Paid for by Chittarelli for Governor in P.O. Box 427, Somerville, New Jersey.
0: The pandemic
3: of 2020 felt like a dark tunnel. And while 2020 is over, the impact is not. I'm New Jersey's former governor, Richard Cody. The pandemic affected our physical and mental health. My wife, Mary Jo, and I started the Cody Fund for Mental Health to Change Lives.
4: Mental health issues can impact any family, including ours. That's why we want everyone to know about NJ211.
3: NJ211 is an information and referral service connecting anyone in crisis to the help they need. It's for everyone, veterans, seniors, even children.
4: I'm living proof there's light at the end of the tunnel.
3: And it's not a train, it's help. It's NJ211 remember, it's okay not to feel okay. If you need help, go to nj211.org or dial 211.
0: WABC It's the New Jersey Globe Power Hour on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Here's the Globe's Editor-in-Chief, David Wildstein. Welcome back. I'm with uh, Senator
1: Vin Gopal, the Majority Conference Leader in the New Jersey State Senate, Senator Gopal answered my questions first. I've been asking, uh, uh, answering his questions for the last few minutes, and, uh, and he's got a few more. And then we'll we'll shift back a little bit. Senator, I'll, I'm ready for your next questions. I'm I'm having fun. I appreciate this.
5: This is a lot better than uh, State House stuff. All right. So I got a uh, one sentence or less. I'm going to give you a name. You tell me what you think. Immediate reaction. You ready? Sure. Bonnie Watson
1: Coleman, uh, outstanding person. Outstanding person. Chris Christie. Uh, I, I am, uh, I am in the ten percent of. Uh, uh, I am not in the ten percent of those who think he should be president of the United States someday. <laughs> Uh, The New Jersey Star Ledger. Uh, What a! I mean, this was the paper that I watched, I I delivered as a kid, and worked for as a sports correspondent, and it is just terribly sad and disappointed to see how how poorly they have become as a as a local news operation. Gannett newspapers uh, doesn't surprise me that they're losing one hundred and forty-two million dollars in the first three months of this year. They are uh, they are failing quickly, and I and I worry for them. But I will remain a I'll remain a subscriber as long as they're there.
5: New Jersey League of Municipalities slash Chamber of Commerce trips. Uh,
1: I I hope they come back. They're a, a they're a fixture to New Jersey, and and I hope everybody gets back to it as quickly as they can. I got three more for you. Garden okay. State Equality. Uh, Garden State Equality, not what it was under Stephen Goldstein. It is. It is. Uh, uh, it was a group that that made history in New Jersey, and is not the advocacy group that it used to be. Senator Teresa Ruiz. Uh, rising star. Maybe you should worry about her if you run for governor in twenty twenty five
5: support her uh senator frank Lautenberg. uh
1: you know he 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 uh i didn't i didn't have a great relationship with senator Lautenberg, and uh uh and he he didn't he didn't like me but the you know the service to the state is you know especially on veterans day he was uh uh he fought for this country in world war ii and i and certainly this weekend we'll never say anything bad about him yeah. One trivia
5: question for you. Okay. This is a random new, if you truly are, if you politics, NJ slash New Jersey globe really did you, you, which you might be right. Cause you did outlast me by, uh, the, the four minutes I was on Jersey politics. I got one random trivia question for you. Okay. All right, here we go. Who was the 2003 democratic nominee for state Senate
1: in district 14? Uh, it was 2003 for state Senate it was Pete Verso. The, the Democratic candidate in 2000. Democratic. It was Skip Semino against wow. Pete Inversa. Okay. All right. I'll have to bow down. That was, yeah, but that wasn't that hard. That was a target race. That, that was a random question from 20 years ago. So, see, I don't think I could name the Democratic candidate against Joe Carrillo's that year. <laughs> that would have. Not, that's not even a fair question. That's just ridiculous. So, so let me ask you a question because you were involved back then. Who did Skip Samino edge out for the Democratic nomination? Two thousand and three. In two thousand and three, I have no idea. Am I just being mean to you now by asking you that? Is that? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, you are. Uh, it was a freeholder from Hamilton named Keith Hamilton. He wanted to run, and okay. and the party okay. went with the party went with Skip Cimino. And he ran for mayor eventually, right? In Trenton or or anywhere? Uh, no, or? I think that was it. That was it. He just no, never had a chance just, to.
5: You're just destroying me. I'm going to stick
1: to elected office. <laughs> I'm
5: going to try that out. I don't think this is
1: working out. <laughs> uh, uh, well, let me let me ask you this question. You 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 asked me about Loretta Weinberg. You have you have now served with her for four years. Is she replaceable? No. She is probably the most fascinating elected
5: official i have seen in my short three uh, and so years in the senate because she's not like you know you see other elected officials they that's fundraising you it's uh, organization maybe machine she's so unique because she built a brand which is not easy to do as a state legislator you can maybe do it as a mayor or a congressperson or u.s senator but as a state legislator she built a brand that when she speaks everyone listens And I think that is going to put her in a very unique position. Uh, And and to her credit, she spent over decades building that brand. But that's not something that's replaceable
1: at all. So it seems to me that Senator Weinberg uh, alone has the ability to move the Senate president, Steve Sweeney, to the left when she needs him to be there. Uh, When she's gone, who will be able to do that? I think the the
5: electorate and to the credit of the Senate president, you know, we we say the left. But when we we say look at Steve Sweeney over these last several years, he's passed a lot of progressive legislation. Um, And now we've got some some pieces right now. I'm a sponsor of a bill on getting rid of uh, the ICE contracts at county jails, and, and I'm hopeful they're going to be Senator Weinberg the main sponsor. Um, we've got the Reproductive Freedom Act. That, that There's a lot of stuff that I think that we're going to keep pushing on, and I think others will too. But I think it's where the Democratic Party is. The biggest pro- challenge for the Democratic Party right now, I think, is they need to get back these police officers, these firemen, these paramedics, these working-class communities, union folks, who all were with us because of Christie, and now of all, moved against us. And when we go to places like IBW members and local nine mom, major, a lot of them I talk to are Republican now, and it's because of that national brand. That's the biggest challenge Democrats
1: have. to Do, and I think Steve Sweeney's going to try to do a good job on bringing some of those folks back into the fold. And and you know, I I, I talk about this a lot, one way or the other. Democrats are going to need a nominee for governor in 2025. It's either going to be because Phil Murphy's term limited or it's going to be because uh, somebody's got to run against Governor Cittarelli. Uh Are you a possible candidate for that? I'm running for reelection to the state
5: Senate. And then I got another reelection to the state Senate. So anybody who's talking about anything besides
1: that, <laughs> they should be worried on what's going on right now. And and, you know, I, I, I and I'm, I'm going to be. Very honest with you i I forgot to hit my timer, so i don 't know how much longer we have we have to go, so uh, I think we're toward the end that i'll and i'll ask it i 'll ask it quickly but uh, election day is ten days away. primary is ten days away uh, for people who have received their ballots uh, their vote by mail ballots but haven 't returned them yet, should they use the u s postal service I'd i I'd go to the dropbox personally for me and and the and there are ballot drop boxes all over the country right all over the can- all, all over the county all
3: over, each, all over, all over each the county,
1: county easily easy
5: google search uh, I did it last time, and uh, I, I think that's the best way to do it.
3: And,
1: and I'll make this offer. If anybody has trouble, if they want to know where their drop boxes are, email me at david and njglobe.com, and I will, I will send you the list. I have been speaking with Senator Vin Gopal, the Senate Majority Conference Leader, uh, and, and thank you for coming on. This was a lot of fun. This was uh, the first time I did a long interview like this. Thank you for showing me why my website failed. I appreciate it. (laughs) Thanks, Senator. This is David Wildstein, the editor of the New Jersey Globe. You've been listening to the New Jersey Globe Power Hour on Talk Radio 77 WABC.
2: When it comes to autism, finding the right words can be tough. Finding community in these challenging times doesn't have to be. Join us, even virtually, to move together towards a kinder world for the millions of people on the autism spectrum. Find out how at autismspeaks.org slash together.